You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Recorded live. Hey, everybody. What's up? How's everybody doing today? Yes, Joey Diggles here on the new TalkShoe channel right here on WIRN Internet Radio. Yeah, this is the new Authors Nook channel. And we've created this for authors, for writers, for readers, for people that love to read books, for bloggers. I'm telling you, we have a lot of people coming on this channel. We've got a lot of great authors, a lot of great people coming on this channel to talk about their writing styles, uh, how they publish their books, you know, a little bit about their books. You know, we'll get into, you know, maybe some of the characters in their books. We'll talk about, you know, uh, you know how they write, you know, the favorite genres of these people, you know. And, and I, think it's, I think it's awesome to talk to authors because – you really get into their heads, and they're very imaginative and creative people. I would love to get into authors' heads because, you know, it's great. I think it's awesome. You get to learn how they write. You get to learn how they, uh, you know, how they put everything together, how they put their books together, and so on and so forth. And, and today we have an awesome guest. She has a lot of great novels out there, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk you know, about her books. We're going to talk about, you know, obviously her writing style. We're going to talk about, you know, how she published her books, you know, and so on and so forth. I think it's awesome. I think it's great, and I'm happy I started this channel right here on TalkShoe. So we want to get everybody in here. Invite all your friends in here, ladies and gentlemen, to listen to this great show. All right, so Jazz T. Ward, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Joe? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy these. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, you know, and uh, I want to start off, you know, by asking you a little bit about yourself. You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got started in writing. Uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, I guess your genre style, the way you write and stuff like that. You know, just give us a little bio on yourself. All right, we'll, we'll we'll run down the the dirty deets. Uh, like you said, I'm Jasty Ward. I'm a writer. Uh, my background is pretty diverse. I've written uh, in journalism. I've done uh, content writing. I've even been a ghostwriter for some best-selling authors. Um, how I became a writer is, as a child, I had a pretty rough childhood, and writing short stories or drawing pictures or even reading a book was my escape. Uh, you know, I, I literally escaped into books to not deal with reality. As an adult, uh, I am a survivor of domestic violence, and I turned to writing as my salvation, uh, and it's just stuck with me. It's it's literally my therapy. Uh, so that's how I started writing. I like to say I've, I've been writing since the moment I knew what a letter was. Uh, as far as what genres I write in, I, I like to write in everything. Uh, I've written paranormal. I've written sci-fi. I've written horror. I've written poetry. I've written short stories, and I've even written some contemporary uh, 
fiction and romance. So there's not a genre I won't dip into um, because I like challenging myself, and I think my writer, my readers uh, enjoy that too. You know, they like seeing all different sides because I think writers have so many different sides. Those voices come from somewhere, so it's kind of nice to be able to show those. Yeah, definitely. You know, I find it interesting because a lot of a lot of writers either had past traumas or uh, you know a, a lot of things that you know add, I guess, to their imagination because they you know didn't really you know have like that person to talk to or that person to hug them and love them, but yet they they resort to you know books and writing and and putting all their heart and love into the books and it sounds like you do that jazz it really does yeah i like to give uh my characters a happy ending that i didn't always get you know Mm -hmm. so i like to do right but i'll be honest with you my books are not an easy read i mean i put my characters through a lot because i have to because It's my way of venting. It's my way of getting through what I've been put through. So I kind of feel bad for my characters sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I've, yeah. I've killed off main characters and really upset people. Oh, but, I mean, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, and uh, this is this is actually, you know, uh, I always ask the author. I always ask the author, if one character you would pick in one of your books what would that character be, and would that character be more like you? You know, and I would love to ask that question to you because obviously, you know, it, it seems like you put a lot of uh, imagination, obviously, into your books, a lot of uh, creativity, you know, whereas, like you said, you vent through your books. So uh, is there a character in one of your books that is a lot like you? Yeah. Um, it hasn't been released yet. It's a book actually that got picked up by one of the big five years ago uh, mm-hmm. to be published, and it deals with suicide. Um, I had someone I loved very much commit suicide right in front of me. So I wrote a book around it. It's fiction, but I wrote a book around it. And uh, the publisher wanted to change it up and make it more reader-friendly, and I, I wouldn't allow that. So I actually backed out of that contract just to save the the integrity of the book and the the character's story. That character is probably the most like me because we go through very similar things. Uh, but that will be released in this year, which I can't wait for people to to read. It's called Soulbound, uh, and it's a trilogy. And I really hope, you know, that the heart shows through all the darkness that I put in that book. As far as the character I'd like to be most, uh, I'd like to be the most like, that would probably be Reno Sundown and Madness. He is just, He's incredible. He's incredibly flawed. He's funny. He's got a childlike wonderment, but he's a real badass, you know. But he's been taken advantage of a lot, you know, and he's been used a lot for, you know, for what he has or what he can do. So I identify with him a lot, too. So if, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of me in all my characters. In Reno, that's definitely my inner child that never had a chance to play as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, like, you know, uh, and it's great that you could vent through your writing. I, I think that's awesome that, you know, writing is your way of venting and getting all these negative toxins out of your body, and I think that's awesome, you know, because, you know, I think energy is, like, most important in life. You know, energy is everything, you know. I mean, if you have a negative energy, you're going to, you know, be, you know, you're going to be down, you're going to be sad, you're going to be mad, and so on and so forth, but to have more of that positive energy building up within you. You know, I think it's awesome that you, as a person that felt all this negativity throughout your life, could actually vent 
through your books, and I think that's I think that's great. Um, uh, I also wanted to go into I guess your novel. Uh, I think it's a trilogy that you have out there. You you sent me uh, uh, covers of various books to put into your uh, event. Uh, do you want to chat a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, I have a series. It's called the Shadow Keeper series. It actually started by being written on uh, social media. The main character, Reno Sundown, uh, started out as just a you know fan fiction character, and he grew huge. Uh, the fans just ate him ate him up. They loved him. Uh, I decided to step away from that writing and actually killed him off once. And the fans revolted. They made a Save the Candyman page with hundreds of you know people signing a petition to bring him back. It was amazing. Wow. <laughs> I went nuts. I killed off this fictional character. Wow. So I realized, okay, how can I bring a man back from the dead? You know, I literally killed him in a way that he could not be brought back. Oh, wow. <laughs> from having to figure out that is how the Shadow Keeper series was, was born. And the first book of that is Madness, which is Reno's book. Mm-hmm. And it it took off. People loved it. I mean, it's it, it's been released for over a year, and it's still getting you know all five star reviews. It's still selling. It's it's a wonderful you know fun read. Uh, it's it's sci-fi and paranormal and everything all mixed in. Uh, it's a whole world within our world, and I think people really loved it. It's a five book series. Uh, the next book, Lust, is coming out this year, mm-hmm. and there's several novellas that go along with it because there's so many. Diverse secondary characters in the Shadow Keeper series that I told myself it's only going to be five books, but the fans wanted to know more about the secondary characters. So there's a book called Bounce, which is about the main god in the book, and then there's a book about Reno's story, which is basically how he came to be before the book came out. And the fans have loved it. Um, they've eaten it up. I mean, they they love that series, and I love that they you know embrace that series the way they have. Uh, called the Shadow Keeper series and it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all your fine retailers. But uh it's it's a really good read if you're into paranormal uh and you like, you know, something different. There's no vampires in it, there's no werewolves in it. Uh it's it's literally written in our world. I mean, we have policemen, firemen, everybody who works regular everyday jobs, but they have this supernatural job in secret of saving the world. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody can identify with it. Uh it's 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 got zombies in a way that you've never seen zombies before. They're sexy and they're hot. So <laughs> you, you have to read okay. it. It's totally yeah. different. So, and then uh, I have uh, Love's Bitter Harvest, which is actually a challenge that was given to me by my fans. Uh, they loved the romance aspect to my paranormal books and my paranormal writing, and they said, can you write a romance? I said, no. I literally can't stand romance, or so that's what I told people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there's just so much out there. There's some really good romance out there, but it's never something that I read or I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't think I could write a romance at all. Uh, so they challenged me, and I wrote it, but it's not like any romance you've read. Uh, the the males, he he's disabled. Uh, his mm-hmm. marriage is falling apart. Uh, it deals with several very hard issues that come up in any marriage. Uh, so it's more of a, a drama than it is a romance, but it does have romance in it. Uh, and I won't tell you the ending, you know, because but it's not your standard romance, and I call it romance the ward way. And now I must admit, for all to hear, that I actually really enjoyed writing it, and I am going to be writing another romance, but it's also going to be romance the ward way, which means it's going to be twisted and different and have, have dark edges to it. So that's just the way I do it. 
Very cool. Very cool. Um, I got a couple of questions, I guess, on on the way you published your books. Um, did you find it hard in the beginning uh, to start publishing your books? You know, how how long have you been writing? First of all, how long have you been writing? Every bit of twenty five years. Wow. So when you first started, was it hard to get into uh, a publishing house uh, to publish your books? It is. It's a challenge. It's even more challenging now. Uh, like I said, I was writing ghostwriting for some big names in some of the big houses. And when I broke that link, I kind of broke some of my ties to that world because, you know, I was counted on for certain things. And I just said, I- I'm sorry, I just want to write for myself. Um, mm-hmm. and, I- and when Soulbound, when I took Soulbound back, and refused to let it be published, chopped up, and made more reader-friendly, uh, I, of course, burned some more bridges. And I actually had said I wasn't going to publish. I was just going to be done. I got really lucky in the way, in the fact that some investors decided to invest in my writing, and they actually started an imprint just to get my books out there. Mm-hmm. That floored me that you know they had so much faith in what I wrote. So that's how Deadbound Publishing was born. And now they've opened their doors to other writers and other authors as well. But, I mean, they're an indie small house, but they pride themselves on keeping the writing pure. Sure, it's professionally edited. We do original professional covers. But they believe that an author's vision should be left intact as much as possible, which a lot of publishers, you know, it's all about the money, Mm -hmm. you know, how to Mm -hmm. make a book marketable, how to make a book sell more, not necessarily about the vision that the author has. With Deadbound Publishing, they were the opposite. They were all about the vision, and for that, I'm extremely grateful. Wow, that's awesome. So are you still using the same publisher for all 25 years now? Yeah. No, I haven't I haven't been – I mean, I've just been published under my own name for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, years before that, you didn't see my name anywhere, but you definitely saw my writing. You just mm-hmm. didn't see my name on the cover. So uh, when it comes down to it, What's easier, publishing through a publishing house or self-publishing? What's easier? I don't know. They both have their challenges because when you're publishing through a publishing house, you have the pressure and the stress of knowing that someone else is paying to get your book out there. You know, you're Mm -hmm. not paying for it. They are. They're betting their money on you. They're investing money in you. And that's some pressure in the fact that, you know, you have people counting on you, you know, and, and you need to make it the best you can be. When you're an indie writer, you don't have that support system. That money's coming out of your pocket, but you still have that same pressure because you want to make that money back. Uh, I'm lucky with Deadbound the fact that you know they have editors, they have beta readers, they have cover designers. I love my covers. I mean, if you saw them, they're beautiful, and they're not like any that are out there. You know, so I have that benefit of using Deadbound's resources. They also have a distributor uh, over 30,000 retail distribute. You know, my book's got to 30,000 retail distributors. Um, so, I mean, I have that advantage through a publisher, which an indie publisher, you know, an indie person doesn't have. Uh, I think there's challenges in both. With an indie, my gosh, you have to work so hard to get your book out there. I mean, I don't know how they do it. You know, they have to, you know, pimp it so hard. And I greatly admire anyone that takes that on because either route that you go, publishing a book is the scariest thing in the world. It really mm-hmm. is. It is. Especially right now in the environment, you have people, you know, who are using reviews to attack people, and and it's just it's a scary world out there to be a to be a writer right now. 
Mm-hmm. So I have the buffer of having a publisher, you know, because my publisher will go out and fight the battles for me. So that's another benefit. But I think it's brave. Either avenue is a brave path to go on. And I greatly respect anybody who puts their work out there. Uh, my biggest issue is just make sure that whatever you put you put out there is the best book you can put out there for the reader. If they're spending money on you, make sure it's well written, it's well edited, and it's done right. You know, don't just put it out there hoping, you know, be the best you can be regardless of how you publish the book. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I, I'm a published author myself, and it took me like uh, 10 years to actually get where I wanted to get. <laughs> and I, I finally got this publishing house, this upstart publishing house to publish my book. Um, and it was on the Internet, over the Internet. I spoke with her. She published my book, and now I'm with uh, Ingram Spark. I don't know if you ever heard of Ingram Spark, but I'm there. Uh, Ingram's really good for indie publishing. Ingram Spark's a really good thing for small for small publishers and in indies. Yeah, I have nothing but but respect for Ingram. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually with them. I'm really excited about being with them, um, and I'm just hoping I get some more sales. That's all. <laughs> you know, that's the only sure. thing. You know. Yeah. Sales are hard. You know, the sales are really hard. I mean, we, I think Deadbound's tried, you know, the 99 cent sales. We've tried the free sales. They've tried it all. Yeah. You know, it's hard in this market because you got people giving away books for free. you got people selling books for 99 cents. You, I mean, you can go on Amazon and spend all day long one click in free books. Yeah. You know, and it's I hard. It's yeah. really hard to send out in today's market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it really seems like it because, you know, I, I'm I'm really trying to get sales, you know, and Ingram Spark, you know, is, you know, really good with putting, you know, the books out there in like publications and stuff like that. So I'm I'm praying, you know, that it actually, you know, works for me, you know, as as hopefully it works for everybody else too, you know. Uh, I started with Ingram Spark actually I believe it was in August of last year. I was really excited to start with them. My um publisher actually sold my book to them, and and uh, I've been actually, you know, working through Ingram Spark since, since that point, you know, which is, which is great, you know, because there's a lot more, I guess, per se, that you could utilize within Ingram Spark, you know, uh, rather than where I was with the, with the publisher that I was with, um, especially, you know, them putting the publication, you know, uh, into you know various like newsletters and and uh, other publications at libraries and stuff like that. So I, I'm utilizing everything I can utilize with with them, and I, you know I'm really excited about it. it. Seems pretty good, you know, so on and so forth. But um, now I guess the the next questions I have for you are uh, you know I guess digging into your 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 brain a little bit and. You know, trying to figure out uh, your writing. Were you always destined to be a writer, not based on, you know, your personal life, but, you know, just based on what you wanted to do with your life? Were you always, like, destined to be a writer? I think so. Um, I don't think I realized it all my life, but I think so. Uh, I even have journals of little short stories and poems that I created when I was, like, eight years old. I mean, I still have those in little spiral notebooks. And no one ever saw those. Those are just for me. I would hide, you know, 
in a closet or the back of the library or under my bed and just write little stories, you know, and they weren't great at all. But I think, you know, I think I was. Um, it wasn't until you know, I published my first book that I realized, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, and people have received it very well. But regardless of how it's received, you know, that's very important. I don't see myself not writing, uh, even if it's just writing a short story that will never see the light of day. I mean, I have... I don't even mm-hmm. know how many gigs of poems and short stories that no one will ever see, but I wrote it, you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was my destiny to do it. I don't think I realize it, you know, because you got to make a living. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I'm very lucky now in the fact that my writing allows me to make a living at it. Um, so, and that's a good thing. That's uh, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, I have a, a nine-to-five, so to speak, but I was hired for my writing. So I'm able to use my writing in a business sense as well as use it, you know, in a leader sense, too. Uh, so that that worked out well, but it took a long time to get to that point, you know. Um, I had, I've, had, I've had every kind of job you can imagine. I've been a waitress, a uh, little known secret. I did phone sex for a while. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, let's not go there, Joe. But no. anyway, so, <laughs> but I mean, I've been, I mean, you got to survive. I was a single parent with three kids, and, you know, you have to support them. So you know, be, being a writing, being a writer, people think it's, it's it's really glamorous, and it's not. It's hard work, and most of us have to have you know real jobs until you know that starts paying off the way we dream and hope it does. For every you know one best-selling author out there, there's probably a thousand that you know are not, right. and that's just the reality of it. But as far as destiny, yeah, I think I was pretty much destined to be a writer or be some creative type. I mean, I've done plays and uh, stage work too. So I definitely think I was destined to be, you know, a creative person, and writing definitely, you know, fills that need. That's that's great. That's that's really awesome. Uh, all right. So I guess you know, I, I really want to, I guess, maybe go into now the covers of your books. I I think they're very, honestly, they're very vibrant. They're very colorful. I really, you know, it's eye catching. You know. Um, who created your covers? Uh, did you create your covers, or did the publishing house do that? I would love to say I created my covers, but then I would lie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Madness, Madness was created by a very talented graphic artist at Deadbound Publishing by the name of Ariel Leanne. Uh, she's really good at, at hearing what I want and seeing what I want without me being able to even you know, convey it very well. She knows me. She's gotten to know me over the years, and Madness is her design. Uh, the cover of Bounce is by an actual friend of mine who doesn't give herself enough credit, uh, and her her name is uh, Andrea, and she designed Bounce. And then Love's Bitter Harvest, I actually designed that one myself, and that's because uh, it's based out of a farm, my own farm out of Kentucky, and that's just how you know, always envisioned. Mm-hmm. So, but all the... Uh, Shadowkeeper series are designed by Ariel and uh, Lust was designed by her. I just wanted something different uh, because, you know, I, I didn't want your standard, you know, cover. I didn't want you know, the whole, you know, chiseled chest, and I didn't want any of that. In fact, I don't think I'm that on any of my books. But I wanted – the stories are very vibrant. I mean, they're very, you know, fast-paced, and there's lots of action. There's lots of, you know, really good sex, and there's a deep story, and – I just wanted a cover that, you know, would grab you just like the story does, and I think the covers definitely do that. 
Mm-hmm. Very cool. I, and, you know, I, I, the first thing I noticed when you sent me the books were the, were the covers, obviously, you know, because I didn't actually see the actual book. I have to buy the books. But uh, the thing is, when I saw the cover, it, it was so eye-catching. It was really very eye-catching. And I was like, wow, look at these vibrant colors, you know, in, the, in these, in, in the, in these uh, you know, covers. And I was like, wow, you know, that has to bring the buyer in. That has to bring that reader to say, wow, yeah, let me see what this book is all about, you know. I mean, did you ever think, like, you know, the cover – is like a, a big part of somebody buying the book. I, 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 I would think so, you know. What do you think? The cover is a huge point of buying a book. If your cover doesn't grab someone's attention or catch their eye, whether it's in a shelf or through a splash screen on Amazon, why would they ever click on it? Mm-hmm. And until they click on it, they're not going to know what it's about. Yeah. You know? So mm-hmm. the cover is just as crucial as what's on the inside, and that's what I've tried to convey to people when I talk about the important, you know, foundations of a book. You know, content is extremely important. Make sure your story's good. Make sure it's well, well edited. But you've got to grab that visual. A reader is a visual person. You know, whether it's the, the images that your words, you know, bring up in their mind or the image on your cover that grabs them, your cover is very important. And you want it to stand out, you know, and you want it to be different. And you want it to say, hey, look at me. You know you want to look inside of me. The cover is extremely important. So I work very hard on making sure my covers are unique. You won't find them anywhere else. Uh, we don't use stock art. We create our own art. And uh, that's all because DVP, they, they, they have a talented team that does that. And I love my covers. I mean, I have them framed in my office wall. Just look at them. You know, and that's not vanity. It's just they're nice to look at. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. They're just nice to look at. Yeah, definitely. I <laughs> Just by seeing him the other day, I was like, wow, yeah, definitely. Um, so when it comes down to it, and you're selling these books, and, you, you, you know, you're doing pretty good on, uh, you know, Amazon and on uh, Barnes & Noble and all these things, what does it feel like, you know, as the writer, you know, to see, you know, like people coming back to you and writing reviews and, su- and stuff like that, that they, you know, they, they really like your book and so on and so forth? Uh, what does it feel like when you get like a positive review opposed to a negative review? Have you ever gotten any negative reviews? I am humbled to say I've never gotten a negative review. That's great. Uh, yeah, and it goes back to making sure the content is good and the story is good. You know, I'm putting the best book I can out there. Yeah. As far, and now watch, I'll get like a dozen negative reviews now. It's like, ha, ah, what's you? But anyway, but I mean, my positive reviews, I love them. But the ones that get me every time, and there's a blogger out there that got so mad at me and said she hated me. Okay. And I was I was so proud of that because she got so emotionally invested in the book yeah. that she got angry what I did to the character. She fell in love with that character, and then she didn't <laughs> like what I did. To, you know, she's just like, I can't believe you did that to him. And I'm like, well, you know, sorry. I mean, anytime you elicit emotions, whether it's negative, positive, whatever, it means that someone cared enough to read it and it made them feel. Because as a writer, you should make sure your reader feels, you know, and it needs to make an impression. And as far as negative reviews go, those are going to happen. It's going to happen to everybody. And, uh, I mean, it just happens. But at least, And as long as they're sincere and honest negative reviews, I have no problem with them. 
I had a blog give one of my books a three star, and they were afraid I was going to be mad. And I said, no, because you were honest and you were sincere. You still said you loved the book, but, you know, you would have liked this to be different. And I said, and I, I you know, respect that. So mm-hmm. as long as it's honest and sincere review, I don't think there's such a thing as a negative review. You have to look at it as the fact that, you know, this person loved it, this person didn't love it so much. Take something from that. If they're being honest and sincere, take a step back and look at why. You know, maybe there's a way you can improve. Maybe there's, you know, something they're seeing that you didn't see, you know. So you shouldn't look at reviews as negative or positive. They're just reviews, and they're all a learning experience, you know. Now, the current environment where people are using reviews to be mean and vicious to people, that I don't condone in any way. Those help no one. They don't help the readers. They don't help the authors. They don't help the the writing world in general. Those those need to, to completely stop. But, I mean, if it's a sincere and honest review, whether it's negative or positive, it's all a good thing. Yeah, I, I, I got a couple of negative re- reviews on my book, <laughs> unfortunately. But I don't think they're sincere. You know, I think they were more uh, based on uh, political thought than yeah. on the actual book, per se, you know, right. on the content of the book. Because, honestly, it, it was more like they were attacking me politically because I'm a historical writer. You know, and, uh, you know, I try to, you know, pick apart, you know, the Roman Empire and, and America, you know, and say, you know, that there are similarities and differences, you know, between the two, you know, and basically two people pick me apart, you know, I guess based on their political value, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to me, that's not critiquing the book and telling me, you know, what did I do wrong with the book? Yeah, it's telling me you don't like me politically, you know. So, I mean, what do you think about that? There's two things my grandfather, who's probably the wisest man I ever knew, who was uh, an Indian chief, literally he was an Indian chief. Mm -hmm. He said there's two things you don't want to talk about, and that's politics and religion. Mm -hmm. Because some people worship other gods and some people worship the people they put in office. Mm-hmm. So those are the two areas I try to avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I wrote Love's Bitter Harvest, there actually is some religious references in there. The man refines his faith. Now, am I a church-going person? No. Do I respect the fact that some are? Yes. I think we need to respect people's views, you know. And if we can convey that in a respectful manner, then I have no problem hearing someone's opposing opinions of my politics or my religion. But when they use that as a way to bully somebody, like what was done to you, no, that's just not right. There's such a thing as a freedom of speech, but there's also the freedom of respect. And, you know, so I think that there needs to be a way, Amazon and the other reviewing websites need to make a way where we can put something up for dispute. And, you know, it happens, you know, you can report a review, but it doesn't always get pulled off of there. Yeah. But. You know, I think if someone's using their own personal beliefs to critique a book, then they didn't get the point of a book. A book, if it's fiction-based, is a book. Yeah. It's a book. Yeah. You know, it's it's fantasy. It's not real. If if I wrote a book, because, you know, in Shadowkeepers, Lucifer's in there. Mm-hmm. You know, we address Lucifer. We address God. We we address all that in there, you know. Mm-hmm. and And that's kind of a, you know, you know, I glamorized Lucifer, yeah, but I sure as heck didn't make him a good guy. But <laughs> yeah. the point is, it's still a book. Yeah, you know? right. Do mm-hmm. I really think, you know, Lucifer's, you know, going to walk into Denny's and order, you know, the, the Grand Slam breakfast? Probably not. He may have. I mean, it's damn good breakfast. Mm-hmm. But it's still fiction, 
you know, and people need to realize that it's fiction, you know. So you know, step back. You know, read the book. If you didn't like it, fine. Say you didn't like it. But don't bash an author for something they wrote in there. It's fiction. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean that they're, they're, if they wrote a book about an assassin, chances are they're not also an assassin. All right? So just, you know, people need to, to get things back into a more, you know, honest perspective. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. You know, and, you know, my book was actually a thesis. I actually wrote... Uh, my thesis on the same thing, and actually I published my thesis uh, from when I went to uh, uh, to get my master's degree, um, and I got it in liberal studies over here in the College of Staten Island, and back in 2004, it took 10 years to publish the book. You know, I finally got it published then in uh, 2014, and uh, got the book published, and I was really happy about it, and then I got these two negative reviews, you know, but again... It was like I said. It was based more on politics than anything else. I mean, yes, it's an opinionated text, but you also have to keep in mind that it's a comparison differential between two separate empires. You have the Roman Empire and the the American Empire, and the differences between the two, and the similarities between the two. You know, and I guess yeah, it's a, it's a, it. It wasn't really made to be politically based, but these two readers made it politically based. And since that point, I haven't got any sales, you know, and that's the thing. It's like I think those two negative reviews really ruined me, you know, up until that point. But I'm trying to, you know, tell people, you know, I mean, I don't even think these people read the book, honestly. If they read the book, they they just based it on, you know, the political value, you know. So I, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, they bought the book. I know they bought it. But did they actually read it or did they read the front cover or did they read the, the introduction or did they read one chapter and say, oh, this is garbage? I don't know. You know, I don't know what they did, you know. But I have to that, then I have five great reviews, you know. So it's more or less that, you know, those two negative reviews are – really killing my sales, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, what, I mean, what is your advice, I guess, in, in that uh, regard? Keep going. Keep, keep, don't let them bring you down. There's going to be haters in everything you do. I mean, everything any of us do. You know, I think even the Tupperware lady down the street's going to somebody that doesn't think her bowl is burp right. It's just, you know, you can't let them bring you down. Just You have to keep putting it out there. You have to keep giving of yourself. And, you know, that whole Taylor Swift song, which, by the way, do not say I'm a Taylor Swift song, you know, fan, but that old Shake It Off, you just got to shake it off. Mm-hmm. And as far as, as far as sales, those those come and go, come and go. You know, yeah. just putting it out there. Did you counter your reviews on Amazon? Because you can make oh, a comment. Oh, of course. Yes, I made a comment. I had other people back me up, too, that read the book and said, no, this is a great book. You know, so I had other people, plus myself, commenting against those. So, yeah. So people, I mean, and unfortunately, I believe writers, I mean, readers are getting jaded to the review process. They've seen all the venom that's out there. They see how, you know, some people are using reviews to harm people. They see how the street teams are attacking other authors. Our readers are not blind. Our readers are not stupid. Our readers are incredibly intelligent, you know, and and they can see all that. So 
they're they're starting to see that reviews are not the best way to judge a book either. You know, the best way to judge a book are by its cover and what's inside of it. You know, and you know, I know that's an old cliche, but it's true. You know, don't judge a book by its cover. Well, you sure as hell can't judge it by reviews either, because people aren't using those as the way they were created to you know to be used, which is to give a critique of a book. So I think our readers are getting are catching on to that. Mm-hmm. So just keep, you know, keep plugging away. You know, I tell writers, that I get asked all the time, you know, what's your advice? Just keep writing. You can't worry about the sales. You can't worry about, you know, are people going to like this or, you know, do I, do I write it this way or do I write it that way? No, just get it written, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. if you start focusing on all that, you're not going to be able to write a thing. You're going to block up tighter than, you know, you know, a cheese fest. So, I mean, you need to, you know, just write. Just get it out there and write. And if you have something that does bad or you get bad reviews, prove them wrong by putting another book out there. Yeah. And make yeah. it, make yeah. it even better, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's my advice. That's, that's cool. Thank you uh, for your, for your uh, you know, advice on that front. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, to me, I'm more or less like, uh, I, I, either these people are my enemies or they read the book and they're, they're judging me politically. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure. You know, uh, so, you know. It, it's kind of, the, I mean, like, I was floored with, like, let's talk about, you know, current events, like American Sniper. I saw the movie. I thought it was amazing. I read the book. You know, I thought the book was amazing. But mm-hmm. people made that such a political statement, you know, and, and it was amazing, the firestorm that started from that, you know. Oh, yeah. People People have opinions. I mean, and, and we love that people have opinions. Face it, if they didn't have opinions, no one would have any reason to read a book or anything else, you know, because they, right. they, they don't need to reach out and find out anything else. So, I mean, there's just, you know, people are like that. Everybody has them, you know, you know the old saying. And, uh, you know, so a political, I, I sincerely thought about writing uh, my story, which deals with a lot of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, a lot of people, especially with the current, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey thing, yeah. you know, about a true story about, you know, a manipulative and abusive relationship, you know, and thought about that. But then I think, what kind of backlash am I going to get from that, you know? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I stayed with somebody who was abusive for years, you know, wow. put up with pretty mm-hmm. extreme abuse, you know? Yeah, yeah. Broken jaw, cracked skull, and all kinds of things left over from it. Wow. But I stayed. And, you know, there's a mentality about that. So, I mean, I've hesitated writing that because I'm, I'm afraid so many people aren't going to understand, you know. Mm-hmm. But that that goes right back to being an author is one of the bravest things there is. It doesn't equal being a soldier or a fireman, but it's brave in the fact that you're putting a part of yourself out there, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, political, fantasy, doesn't matter. There's a part of you in those words that you've written. Mm-hmm. So when you put it out there, you're basically exposing a small part of yourself to you know, the masses, so to speak. It, mm-hmm. It's a scary thing, but it's also very brave. So just keep, you know, keep working at it, you know. You'll find you'll find your niche, and, and for those who don't understand your niche, you don't need those people anyway. Because yeah, they're exactly. not another one of your books they didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's great, you know, moving forward, you know, that, um, you know, I, I want to ask you, you know, about the way you set your books, you know, in, in, in what settings that that you, you set your books. I mean, is the setting a major part of your novels? Uh, or, or, I mean, where do you set your bo- books normally, uh, and how does that setting 
affect the characters? Um, with the Shadowkeeper series, I actually asked my fans uh, that were such huge fans of Reno, where would you like these stories to take place? I left it up to them. Mm-hmm. And they chose San Francisco. And uh, so I love San Francisco. It's very diverse. It's got Chinatown. It's you know got the hills and the, you know the the Golden Gate and the Bay Area. So I let them decide where that book was going to, where that series is going to be. And I'm glad they picked San Francisco. I love it. I love the city, and it just really became a character in the book, you know, because you know there's we use the clubs in the Tenderloin District, and you know the Bay Area. It, it worked perfectly for that series. It really did. Uh, with Love's Bitter Harvest, uh, I lived in Kentucky for almost 20 years, and I had a farm there, and I lived in this tiny little town called Sunrise, Kentucky. And we're talking, we we were so tiny, we didn't even have a post office. We had to use a neighboring town's post office. We didn't have a zip code because there weren't enough people to merit a zip code. So, um, and it was a tiny, but it was a, you know, it was just such a rich, there were so many rich characters there and and so i use that as a setting i think when you're setting a book you have to have it's got to be something that you're familiar with and your readers can identify with like you know michelle hughes she sets her book her latest series in in new orleans and i love new orleans i'm about three hours from there i go there try to go there about once a month and i love new orleans you know and i think you have to have a place that you know that can feed your characters you know you can set a character in the middle of any city but if you know nothing about that city and that city doesn't speak to you in any way it's not going to really you know do anything for your character either so your setting has to you know has to be what works for the book um so i use real places you know i haven't written a fantasy yet where you create a world but i am working on a dystrophan where you know i totally change society you know and but i still use real cities but, you know, your your setting is just as important as any – I mean, your setting is a character in your book, so you need to make sure it's a well-rounded character. Yeah. Yeah, I, I find it interesting, you know, a lot of times in books, uh, the setting plays a huge, huge role, you know, in the book, you know. Um, and uh, I, I, I think, you know, especially in science fiction books and, yeah. and, and drama-related books, you know, and, and um, romantic-related books, it plays a huge role, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. In your books, does the setting play a huge role? Oh, yeah, like definitely yeah. does. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely does, in all my books. Uh, because uh, I'm a visual writer. Uh, I don't use a ton of descriptives, but with the descriptives I do use, uh, people will tell you it plays in your mind. Uh, so I want them to see the city. I want them to see the streets. I want them to see the noodle shop down the road. I want them to see the small town square, you know, in Cynthia, Kentucky. You know, I want them to see that, you know, and just like I want them to hear and see the characters. So, yeah, it does play a huge role. You know, I can't, me, myself as a reader, I will put down a book faster than anything if I don't know where that book's taking place and what time it's taking place within the first few chapters. I won't read any further because you haven't planted the grounds that this story's growing in. So I have no interest in it. So I think it's very important to, to set your setting, your place, time right away. So how easy is it to create a character? So say you take a character in your head and you're a creative and imaginative person, how long does it take to create that character, and what gives the character its traits? All right, I cheat. I totally, completely cheat, Uh, and I'll admit (laughs) that freely. I have not created any of my characters. 
Mm-hmm. No. The way it happened is I dream. I have these dreams. I'm extremely, I suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have night terrors and other scary things that happen in my sleep. But I also have extremely vivid dreams. We're talking, you know, THX sound, color, the work. Sometimes I even have credits. And and my name is for everything in the movie. But anyway, but I have these extremely vivid dreams. Every book and every character that you have mine was dreamed first. They woke me up in the middle of the night talking to me. I had how they look. I had how they sound. Their whole story played out for me. Oh. Okay? Mm-hmm. So when that happens, I'll wake up and write it all down, and a story or a book or a character was just born. Wow. So that's, you know, a blessing and a curse. Yeah, the PTSD is not a good thing. But, you know, and the night terrors are, are, unless you've had them, you you know, it's hard to understand. But I also have this incredible dream experiences when I go to sleep. And it's given birth to, to every book I've written. Mm-hmm. Well, all for ladies, if you're interested, we do have a uh, PTSD show that we do on our uh, health and wellness channel, and you're more than welcome to come down to that if you wish. And we, uh, we actually have a... Uh, knowledge-based person who deals with uh, our, uh, uh, with uh, PTSD. And uh, she comes on and she talks about her experience and so on and so forth, but we also take other experiences from other people. So you're more than welcome to come and listen to that show as well. Uh, oh, we have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's just, it's awesome, you know, to know that, you know, when I meet authors, I... I definitely want to get into their heads. I want to see where they're getting their ideas from and so on and so forth. And since you said you had vivid dreams, I mean, do you think you have like a gift or an energy gift or something like that too where that could actually help in in creating your character? Because it sounds like you got some sort of a gift there being that you have vivid dreams. I've had them since I was a little kid. Um, so, I mean, they, your gifts start when you're born. You don't, you aren't always aware of them, but your gifts, you know, any gift that you have starts when you're born, and it manifests itself as you get older, as you mature. So, yeah, I definitely think of it as a gift. Uh, I mean, I get told all the time, well, you know, you're lucky you have that gift, you know, of coming up with a story or coming up with a book like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely think of it as a gift. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, I've always been intuitive to, to create you know, things, you know, I can hear something and there's a song in my head or I can see a bird and there's a poem. I mean, it's just, you know, so I, I definitely believe that I have my own little mental muse, so to speak. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting, you know, because I have vivid dreams myself. I have very vivid colors, you know, in my dreams, per se. And uh, it, it's like, wow, yeah, it, it can become very vivid, you know, and I was actually thinking of writing like a, fiction book or uh, a sci-fi book, you know, because, you know, I had such vivid dreams and I could actually, you know, do the same thing as you, like come up with characters in my dream, you know, which is like, uh, it's weird that we have the same thing going on there. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's interesting. I think it's really interesting. I've always been into uh, sci-fi writing, you know, so I've always been into that. But what made you pick the genres that you like? What made you pick? paranormal? What made you pick, uh, you know, sci-fi? What made you pick those specific genres to write in? They kind of picked me, you know, if they were based on the dreams. Uh, But I like paranormal fantasy uh, because it's an escape, you know. (laughs) And, you know, 
mine aren't the normal paranormal fantasy. My the characters in my books are extremely flawed. Uh, Reno's insane. He's a split personality. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 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 sweet and lovable, but he's also you know insane. Yeah. Uh, and, and none of my characters are, are you know the perfect characters in any of my books. That goes back to me as being a flawed individual. You know, it's a way of exposing my flaws without you know exposing myself. Uh, so I wanted to write different, you know, paranormal and science fiction. You know, I didn't want your usual, you know, hero or uh, or damsel in distress stories. But I really like fantasy and paranormal. Uh, I didn't think I'd like writing romance, you know, or contemporary fiction. But I actually really enjoyed that too because it was able to. Uh, I was able to draw more real life in that. So as far as you know, what how I pick genres, it, it's like okay, I have this story to tell. What does it fall into? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't let the genres decide for me. The story tells me, okay, you're this genre, you're that genre. So. Right, right. That's that's interesting, you know, because I've always been interested in how authors, you know, pick their genres and, and you know, so on and so forth. You know, uh, Crystal Marie actually has a question. I mean, Crystal Marie, you're more than welcome to ch- type it into the chat room there uh, if you can't get on uh, on the call. Actually, I think she can. She just doesn't want to interrupt. She's telling me in my private. Okay. Uh, But she's more than welcome. You're more than welcome to type your question right there in the chat room. And be nice, Crystal. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't bounce you. Don't worry. Uh, It probably just just, uh, bounced you uh, from here. I didn't touch anything, so I don't know how that worked. (laughs) Uh, anyway you know uh but anyway i'm telling you it's just it's just great you know talking with you jazz because i I just learned so much from talking to other authors Mm -hmm. um and i i just you know i just love digging into the author's mind you know because it's like you know especially fiction writers and sci-fi writers because i watch sci-fi channel all the time i'm a big sci-fi channel guy you know i don't always watching uh, Sci-Fi Channel, always getting into, like, fiction books and so on and so forth. You know, I I really try to, per se, you know, utilize my talent, utilize my creativity to create my own uh, characters, per se, you know. I think she's on. I think she's back. Let's see if we can bring her on here. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Uh, oh, there she is. There she oh, is. Oh, God, did it work? Hi, yes, you're on, Crystal. You're on. Hey, Crystal. Oh. Okay, so seriously, why did you do that to <laughs> <laughs> This is my whole my whole question, because now you can't lie to me, because we're, like, live on the air, and so you have to tell me why you do it to <sighs> Uh, Bounce is the novella that's in the uh, Shadowkeeper series, and Bounce has become quite popular, and Crystal loves Bounce. Bounce is a god who doesn't know his past, doesn't know anything about himself, has no memories whatsoever, but he's kind of blackmailed into running the war that is the grid. And why I did what I did to Bounce, we don't want to give away too much, Crystal, is you just have to see how it all turns out. I mean, would you really want it to be a happy, fluffy story? Nah, not for it to be one of mine. You can't do that to me. <laughs> you realize the anguish you are causing me. When do we find out? Tell me that. Uh, when am I going to find out? 
You yeah. find out more. You find out more about the conspiracy that is, you know, bounce Lucifer and all that. Uh-huh. You find out more lust. Uh, bounce actually has a major meltdown in lust, which I think everyone will enjoy. So you'll be mad at me again because I'm going to be mean to him some more. Why but, do you do this? What 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 enjoyment are you getting out of playing with my heart? Because it gives me joy to cause you pain. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> because my characters, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect life. And none of my characters have a perfect life either. So, I mean, I like that, you know, you get that upset about Bounce. Because a lot of people got upset with me about what I did to Bounce. But you know what? It's going to be worth it. I can promise you. In the end, it is going to be so worth it. You you will thank me for the end that Bounce is going to get. Really? I promise. I promise okay, you. Okay, so maybe I talk to you after this. Like, I mean, <laughs> after what? Maybe I'll talk to you. Okay. You can, because, I'm not yes, I really you. did not talk to her for three days after I read Bounce. She didn't. She went totally silent. Uh, Crystal is an incredible blogger who, you know, has been really kind to me, but she really told me she was mad at me and wouldn't talk to me for like three days. I didn't know why. And then she finally told me she had read Bounce and she didn't like what I did to him. Oh, so I'm like, boy. sorry. <laughs> horrible. It was horrible. Seriously, though, read the book because then you can be mad with me at her and then I won't feel so weird that I'm mad at her for Oh, no, no, no. A lot of people were mad at me. I had a lot of people message me, uh, both after Reno's story and Bounce's story. They're like, why did you do that? And, I mean, the books the books are all a continuing story. So they're, they're not cliffhangers so much as in each book is like a chapter in the, in the story. So they kind of pick up where the other leaves off. So with Bounce, I'm left you told, I mean, don't you dare say the, the last line of the book, Crystal. But in Bounce, you know, I'll leave you with a total, you know, what what the F moment at the very end of Bounce. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people got mad about that. You think? <laughs> no, I know, because you've all told me that. So All the yeah. time you're sitting there laughing. Seriously, people who listen to this, don't ever become a meme writer like her because it's not her. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh boy! Did you, did you not love the book, though? Do you look at this? And guest four agrees with me. But did you not love the book? I loved the book. That is not the point. The point <laughs> is, you hurt him, and that hurt me. And in return, I didn't talk to you. Yeah, but you'll now read the rest of the books to find out what happens to him, won't you? You know what? That's all your your, your little boy. I get it. Yeah. Uh huh. Because now I have to find out. <laughs> well, good luck trying to find out. Can, well, I will because now I have to read the dating books. I know. There's five in the series. So you're going to have to just keep reading. Oh, that's your ploy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm a very scheming person. It's true. Yeah, you kind of are. But okay, anywho, it was fun talking to you. Congratulations on your new show, Joey. Thank and you, Crystal. Thank you. And I am hanging up now. Bye, Crystal. Bye. Bye. That's what you want. You want people to care. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) I get I got hate mail. When whenever Reno whenever I killed off I got hate mail. I got (laughs) vicious, horrible hate mail. Wow. And with Bounce, I got more hate mail, and I loved every single one of them. Because if you made people care about your characters that much and be that impassioned, you did your job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, you know, I mean, she came on, and she was like, you know, <laughs> like, she was like, what you do to Bounce? 
loved Bounce. Uh, he's that book's just a novella. It's like a companion to the series. People love Bounce. He's almost edged up higher than Reno, which has tens of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, people ask for Reno's autograph of my books more than they ask for mine. Mm-hmm. But Bounce is kind of edging out the old Candy Man. You know, Bounce is becoming quite popular on his own. So. Yeah, I mean, Crystal. Yeah, it sounds like you're very passionate, especially about that character. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> but uh, she was mad. There was a lot of people. Yeah, mad. I, oh, she is mad. I heard it in a voice. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you want. Uh, you want people involved, you know, and you know, and and you want a book that they're going to remember. You want a book that makes an impact. You know, Happy Fluffy is fine, and a lot of people write Happy Fluffy. I don't write Happy Fluffy. My books have a lot of humor in them, but they have a lot of dark twist. And with the Shadowkeeper series, it's an ongoing conspiracy, and in each book, it's science fiction. Yeah. So in each book, you see a little bit more of the conspiracy, but the the characters don't know this. So Bounce has this very deep secret, this huge, mind-blowing secret. None of the characters know, but we as readers know. So you have to read to find out how it all ends up, or how he finds up, finds out, and how he's going to react when he does find out. So I mean, it's it's like the readers have an inside, you know, inside pass to something the characters don't even know. So yeah. it's kind of. Well, that's interesting. That that that's you know I. I... <laughs> It's great to have somebody call in and just, like, get mad because you killed off a character. I think that's awesome. I think it's great. Well, no, he doesn't die. Let's, let's make it clear. Bounce does not die. But okay. he might, you might wish he had because I don't make his life very good. Uh-oh. But, oh, man. Okay. But, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's probably been waiting since this show started just to come on here and say how much she's mad at me. She's probably been sitting there the whole time going, ooh, when can I say how much mad I am? The whole time. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. Uh, it's, we got three minutes remaining. Uh, so let's, uh, in conclusion, tell everybody where they can purchase your books and where they can find you on the internet. Uh, they can find my books at any ebook retailer. They can go in any Barnes and Noble, um, Books a Million. If they don't have it on the shelf, they can order it for you. Uh, I'm published by Deadbound Publishing, which is www.deadboundpublishing.com. You can also buy the titles there. As far as Facebook, you can find me at my author page, which is www. I never can remember it, so I have to look it up. Uh, you know, Facebook.com/slash author Jess T. Word, the word J-A-S-T-W-A-R-D. Uh, so just look me up on Facebook. You can look me up on Amazon. Uh, I have a blog. You'll find all the links on my author page. Uh, but by all means, you guys check out, you know, for all you science fiction, romance, horror, all, you know, of all those genres, check out the Shadow Keeper series, you know, and for you guys who just like a good heartfelt romance that will make you laugh and cry, and have some belief that, you know, sometimes love goes really bad, but sometimes it can become really, really good. You know, check out Love's Bitter Harvest. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and taking time out of your night to be here with us to talk about books. Much appreciated. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and let me know. I'd come back and visit with you anytime, Joey. Awesome. Awesome. And this is Joey Gagel signing off for the first show right here on the Authors Nook channel. Really exciting to have Jazz T. Ward on today. And thank God, I'm telling you, we finally have a satellite channel for the Authors Nook. We're moving forward. We're cranking ahead, ladies and gentlemen, right here on WYRN Internet Radio. And it's time to say goodnight. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
Have a great night. This is Joe Eagle signing off. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.